johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Well, we are back for another edition of Sports Insider Radio. It is hard to believe before you blink. You know what today is, Mike? It's the 25th of October. We are basically less than one month and one day away from Thanksgiving, and we are exactly two months away from Christmas. So we'll see if you'll be stuck stuffing your stockings at Christmas. So before you know it, it'll be New Year's do you, Eve. And do, you we'll know what, do you even know... Uh... Do you even know the game lineup on Christmas? No, I'm t- I don't know. Tell me. Just who do you think plays Christmas night? Well, we know Detroit plays every year. No, no, that's, no, that's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's Thanksgiving. Christmas night, Monday. I guess it's gonna. December. You're gonna tell me it's a Raven game because the way you're excited. It is a Ravens game. It's not a home game. Who do you think? Just take a guess. Who you think we play? It's a big matchup. It's a really big heavyweight matchup. Who do you Kansas think? City? Play? I'll, no, so I'll give you one guess. It's the NFC. We play. Just, yeah, I don't, just tell me. Just tell me. The NFC team. Uh, NFC just tell team. me. Just tell me. Just tell me. No, I'm not. You got to take a guess. All right. No, I'm going to just Google it. Christmas Day. No, no, no. Come on. <laughs> All right, 49ers. 49ers. <laughs> ah, I got it. Got it. So it's funny. It's funny that you said that. So my son. He's as talented as he is making a line. He doesn't understand any the home field advantage. So we released Minnesota on Monday. I had New England on Sunday. He goes, I gave him the New England game. He goes, you're out of your mind. Then I went over to, uh, I dropped him off from school before I came back to the office. And he's like, San Fran's going to blow him away by 30. I said, buddy, any given day, if it was that easy, and, you know, before we get into talking about individual games, I ran some numbers. So what do you think the best bet in all of sports is right now? This will blow your mind away. What do you think the best bet in all of sports? If you had no information, you were going to just flat bet every game a certain way in the NFL every weekend. Oh, NFL, because I have one for uh, – well, I'll, I'll give you one back. Um, what do you the NBA, think the, but the, the best bet the is when you're just literally printing money? NFL – you're printing, printing money. Give money. me the percentage. 62.6%. That's really good. Hold on. So the record of this system is 62 and 37. 
So if you bet this situation every week since the beginning of the Eagles season, at home. No, no, no. If you've bet all these games over a hundred, almost a hundred games, you're sixty-two home and dogs. You had to bet every NFL game this season. Home dogs. Nope. Nope. No. Under the total. Nobody's really. Sixty-two and thirty-seven in non-overtime games on the under. You are it's just literally nobody scores. That, what that is means, wild. What that means is the sharps that are betting the under early in the week are getting even more value than that sixty-two percent. You're up. I mean, think about that. Sixty-two and thirty-seven. Wow. You're only going in a week seven. That is insane. That is insane. Well, I'll give you one back. Ready for this? Is an NBA one. Twenty-five games just betting the under. That's incredible. What about the? What do you think is the best bet in the NBA? Is give? I'll give you two teams. <laughs> NBA. That it's if I told you, if I told you, I listened to your bet. show yesterday. By the way, oh, come uh, on, man. Sixty uh, percent. If I told you that you could win sixty percent of the time, right, right, right. Me and my son were listening to you because we're fans. We, had, of your we show. had him last night. We had it last night. I know. Denver, 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 Denver Nuggets, Nuggets at, at home. home. They and the Warriors. Well, if you bet both of them last night, you go 50-50. Right. The so let me, let me Warriors, just but. talk about point spreads and why most gamblers, especially the new ones, uh, don't understand the, the, the parity angle in this business, which is if you think you're going to have an edge handicapping games individually as opposed to edge betting and betting volume, you're going to be sadly, sadly mistaken. And the reason why is the line makers do such a good job that there's just parity on every single game. And so with that being said, you have to understand is that it's literally 50%. Right now, if you bet every NFL game, you are 51-49-6 on the favorite side. I'm going to repeat, 51 favorites have covered, 49 dogs have covered, Six games have pushed on the closing number, and that's 51%. If you have played every college football game, either the dog or the favorite, Mike, what are you at? You ready? 265, mm-hmm. 261, and 13 on the dogs on the dog side. So the dogs have a four-game edge. Now, here's the, the crazy part. If you want to knock that 50% to 53%, you, if you've just been playing away dogs, not home dogs, away dogs, you're up almost 20 units. You're 195 and 178. So home dogs actually have not been performing well in the college football world, but road dogs, and I, and what usually winds up happening in that situation is that the road dog is getting too many points and the other team just is looking to win the game. So they're not blowing them out. So you have this. uh, So just keep in mind that these things equalize. So it's you're late to the party. If you start doing that now, you're dead. Same thing with the unders in the NFL. You now in this unders in the NFL up 25 games, Costi, you're talking about Mm -hmm. it's going to end 50, 50 at the end of the season. You don't think the bookmakers know this stat. You don't think everybody on Twitter knows this stat. It's not like these games are going to remain going under. By the end of the season, it's going to be 50-50. You're going to go literally from 62% all the way down to 50. So it will drop 13%. So 
if you're listening to this, don't just go bet all the unders this week. This is the time when you actually go the other way on a reversion of the mean and you go with the overs. Yeah, I mean that's this is the this is the business we're in where it always averages out. The law of attrition always comes back because we do look, we've been doing this show for years. And every time we talk about dogs and favorites early in the season, it always flips and it goes the other way. And at the end of the year, it's literally within 50% on every single, on every single statistical data that we put through. So it's, it's fascinating, man. It's, I still believe that the only way that you can beat the books consistently is if you're constantly trying to shop for pricing. Doesn't have to be yourself. We're not originators. I'm not an originator. You're not an originator. You're just connected to a multitude of groups that are originators. I mean, I literally had this conversation yesterday with one of my sharps, and he was telling me that he is going to originate every single NBA play. That means if for those that are newbies, that means he's a bottom top better. That means he originates from the bottom and he actually me, creates his own You're life. Killing me with this verbiage. Go ahead. <laughs> and then there's other guys in the industry. Got to keep it clean. That Go ahead. are top down betters. That means they look for the market inefficiencies. So that means they go, just to give you a little pro tip, you find Circa. You see that the line moves at Circa. You see that on the screens that I know, Eric, you're looking at right now, the line moves. Well, and the limit increases. Well, you know that most of the time, if there's a big line move at Circa, that means Sharps came in on that game. So if you could find a soft number at FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesars, William Hill, all these other books that are recreational-based, you now have an edge because... Those books don't tell you sharp numbers. Those books tell you what recreational bettors are betting, and you have no idea why the line moves. Now, if it was just as easy to just look at Circa and key it against all other books, everybody would be doing it. Unfortunately, there's a lot of situational handicapping that plays into effect on every single selection. So the only way to, to do that is you have to have a database of 10, 20, 30 years like our other groups do, and then they use the situational data along with the price to then come up with a 2 to 3% play per game. I know that's on the aggressive side. I know in the past some guys were betting even smaller, but because we're not giving out 20, 30 games a day like what all the sharps a lot of times bet, we're only giving out the highest edges to our clients some guys are okay with betting 2 to 3% per game as long as they have a big enough bankroll to overcome the losing streak. So I read the article. I know I sent you the article from ESPN on Sunday where it basically said the sports books crushed. The sports books crushed the betting public. This was the first week where all these big-time dogs even won outright. And you're talking about the Minnesotas of the world winning outright. The Patriots, we're on both sides, not on the money line, on the spread, on a sharp number. But when this happens, 
the public gets hammered. But what also happens is the sharps get fucking wealthy, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you, whoops, sorry. So I got really excited. I got really excited. You got to gotta censor me sometimes. But um, the reality is if you're doing this successfully, you're not worrying about small losing streaks. Small losing streaks are part of the game. We, we've been doing this model. I send a P&L report to every single client Monday. I go over money management. I literally spend the entire day on Monday going over figures from the previous week. I don't care if you deal with 100 handicappers. No handicappers ever given you a P&L report. They don't. All they're worried about is hype, 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 while I'm sitting here managing risk, making sure you don't make mistakes, and this is, I'm talking to the client here. This is, this is the big mystery in this business that most people don't want to do the work. They don't want to treat it like a business. They want a hobby and they don't want to put in the work when in every other financial outlet out there, whether they're trading futures, they're trading commodities, they're day trading stocks, they're day trading crypto. They use money management for the successful ones. So. I, I always emphasize it and I always, you know, repeat myself because I, I feel like that is literally the secret to being successful wagering sports when you're actually treating it like a business. You're not a guy that's waking up Sunday morning and going, all right, I'm going to do a, a, a same game parlay for a thousand. And if it hits, it's going to pay me a hundred thousand. Think about how many of those people are out there that are literally just feeding the books tons and tons of money when look you know when we have a bad weekend we go on the show and we say look we didn't see we closed good on a lot of games but bad beats just losses in general we didn't produce you know we lost a little bit on the week but in reality what happened on sunday we went 7 and 0 on the nfl card not instructing the clients to bet a parlay Individual bets all sprinkled throughout the week. We added two games on Sunday. We had the Ravens on Sunday. That was a a three flat bet with reduced juice. Where you don't really get that on three often, so it's definitely a good play. And then we had the Patriots at eight over the key number of seven at home as a home dog that were released on Sunday as well. We gave out Minnesota early in the week, thinking the line was going to move against us. It actually didn't move at all, and it stayed at seven. They won outright. What the whole point of this is we're not opinion style handicappers. I mean, I couldn't tell you don't really get the text like I do, Eric. I gave out, we gave out the Broncos and the Giants. The Broncos are a horrible team. Everybody's literally sending me texts. How could you take the Broncos? How do you take the Steelers against the Rams? They're going to get blown out. Yeah, they don't send me those texts because they know I'll block them and hang up on them. Right. How do you give out the Giants? Daniel Jones, like everybody thinks they're a handicapper. Everybody thinks they know everything. And then you watch NFL for a week and you go, wow, can't believe that happened. And then it's Tuesday and Wednesday and you go, oh, it makes sense. The other team stinks too. I'd rather just play the home dog. You know, it's like at some point you have to take your ego out of it to be successful. We give you all the tools for success. Like right now, 
NFL, college football, we're, we're dialed in. These next three months are going to be huge. What started yesterday? NBA. We cashed our first ticket. We already have four games on our channel by Sharps that released at the early number for the NBA card. That's that are originators. They're not even guys that are following the steam top down. They are originators of the line. That means they have to have enough metrics to create their own value of the line they believe it should be versus what the the public is offering. When I say public, the sports book. So when the sports books are offering a worse price, we're jumping all over it compared to what the line really should be. And that's going to be compounded with seven days a week of everyday action. That's why NBA is so good and it's so powerful because unlike football where you're just basically trying to cash Saturday and Sunday and NBA, you have seven days a week. And before you know it, it's going to be college basketball. And all we want out of our clients is spend three to five minutes a day of just putting in the selection. You don't have to know anything. All you have to know is how to follow the money, how to follow the money management. And the ones that are doing that, that are not um, resistant to change and are open-minded to being completely multi-dimensional. They don't care about the sport. They don't care about when the games are. They're not even caring about watching them. Those are the guys that end up being our most successful clients long-term. And obviously, I know you're upset. I know why you're upset, Eric, and that's because baseball's ending. I know you're really upset about it. What are you going to do? When ended on a plus 180 dog winning outright. Listen, all I got to say is this. Anyone, after listening to me preach for 35 years, who bets a favorite in the World Series or ever bets a favorite again, has zero compassion, zero empathy for me, and deserves to lose every bet they make. I'm going to repeat. You cannot and will not ever win wagering on favorites in baseball. End of story. It's been proven for decades and decades and decades and decades and decades. People will do it next year. Hockey's a completely different beast. Yesterday, there were seven hockey games and all seven favorites won. So it seems that in hockey, which is why it's so hard to get access to the right information because I'm always looking for games from the dog side, you know, this is what we call the degenerate favorite parlay sport. God bless uh, Brian Blessing, if he's listening to the show up there, you know, he loved laying the chalk in hockey and hockey is his thing. I get it. But, you know, I don't see any value from a betting point of view because you're going to have these crazy winning streaks with basically in baseball, in baseball, the underdogs win 40 to 45% of the time in hockey, the dogs win 25 to 30% of the time. So really, the only way I can see having a positive return on your bets is betting parlays. And I'm not a parlay better because there's no way last night, anybody who went 7-0 laying, the, you know, the average odds were 250. So you're still, you know, it's a great night when, I, when, the, you know, when it comes back. But the flip side of that is when you have the bad night and the dogs, when you'll get absolutely toasted. So it's going to, you know, people ask me about hockey all the time. It seems like that's the only sport where the actual favorites are true favorites. There's just not a lot of money in the dogs. You got to really pick and choose the dogs um, because 
like I said, hockey every year is the opposite of baseball. The favorites actually win. But the irony is, even though they win, you can't make any money betting them straight. So then you have to take the favorite. You have to look to where you can basically equalize the hockey games and get even odds. Um, and it, it's extremely hard um, to do. And look, the reality is, is that, you know, there, I'm sure there's some guy out there that hit a 17 parlay yesterday um, because he bet all the favorites and he thinks he's like gold. Um, but long term, I just don't see the I don't see how you can make that money. And, uh, you know, that's why, again, all these groups, Dave Miller, all these guys, none of these guys really do hockey. You know, we, we know some handicappers that do hockey, but it, it's just hard, man. When you're dealing with these uh, crazy odds, um, you know, you can look at the board any given night. You'll see atrocious double-digit odds, and it looks appetizing to take the dogs. And then these teams, you know, rock and roll. You look at Colorado, they're on a 6-0. and They came out of the gate 6-0. and uh, you got Boston six and zero. It's very streaky. You got the Golden Knights seven and zero. Las Vegas hasn't lost a game seven and zero, laying stupid prices. Now, don't get me wrong; all those teams will be negative losers for your pocket at the end of the season. So again, I'm putting the feelers out there, but it's a real, real, real tough uh, scenario with the hockey. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I again don't know anybody in particular that is a sharp that is doing. I'm sure there are. There's so many of them out there. I get a lot of uh, Instagram messages from other sharps all the time that are trying to pitch me on taking them on to our syndicate. I just, I'm very particular. I vet these guys. If I don't have good referrals that you could give me, just because you say you're sharp and you show me some data, it's not enough. I, I, there's too much money that I am. Well, let me, let me put it this way. If you risk not to win, if you risk a hundred dollars on every Boston game this season, Boston Bruins, they're six and zero. you're up $290. Okay. So you basically, that means the average odds are 50%. If you've risked on Colorado, Every game to, you've risked a hundred, you're up three hundred bucks. Useless. If on the Vegas Golden Knights you've risked every game, you're up four hundred bucks, and you're seven and zero. So again, you're not getting a lot of return on your money. The most profitable team right now in all of hockey, and I'm looking at the numbers right now, is Detroit. And Detroit's five and one, and that means they're getting some dog money, and they're plus three. You're plus three hundred and forty-four dollars, and so with Hap and Columbus is three and two, and they're more profitable than the Golden Knights, who's seven and zero. Oh. So this is why hockey is absolutely useless betting favorites, unless you want to try to be a wise guy. You want to bet seventeen parlays, and I mean last night was uh, you know an, an enigma. But I'm just making a point. If you look at the overall, and I'm going to give you the numbers right now, and then we'll move on to other sports. If you if you look at hockey as a whole, and you want to know the exact numbers, just like I do in the other sports, you're looking at. Um, let me tell you right now how stupid. I mean, really, the, the, they're really sharp on these matchups. Uh, 
uh, here we go. Uh, statistics. Do you have anybody you know that's good in hockey, Mike? I don't. I don't. I, look, I don't try to spread myself thin. We have enough value with seven days a week right now. Why institute something and bring them on um, when I, I know the clients are already spread thin with the amount of information that we have, and we're really good at what we do. So, I'm just again, maybe I just haven't found the well, right one. Well, let me just give I you the did. numbers. Well, let me give you the numbers. Favorites right now in hockey are 60 and 26. So, 60, basically almost 64%. And if you bet every one of those favorites, you're absolutely destroyed. Negative, negative money, can't make money. The flip side of, of it is what's the most compelling bet right now is the home team dog in hockey. They're actually holding their own. They're 16 and 22. Uh, I pl- I've been playing a couple. I've been looking for home team opportunities or you have a little bit of an edge hitting 40%, 39%. So, you know, that's the only value I see. But otherwise, like I said, you're not going to see me. Uh, people keep asking me about it because they know I'm a dog better in baseball. If that will convert over, and like I said, I woke up this morning and my buddy was like, "Look at the hockey. They went seven and zero yesterday on the favorites." I'm like, "Oh my god, this is ridiculous." And you know, look, you want to know the truth? I had a dime on each dog, <laughs> so I lost seven dimes. But that's for me privately doing my thing. You know what I mean? Look, man, you still got you got to you got to shoot your shot. No matter what, it's one night. I mean, the sample size is so small. Well, it was nice. I logged in as the first time I played the whole board. And I log in. I go, oh, that's nice. I'll check my balance. I have one account dedicated, one of my legal apps. I put in 10 dimes in there just for the mess of it to get overly aggressive. I put a dime on each game. I look, uh, oh, available balance, 3,000. <laughs> Good news is there's only hey, one game tonight, so I can bet the dog. I, I don't blame you, but what is uh, is – when Halloween comes, it usually means it's even better NFL football because it starts getting a little colder. People aren't doing as much stuff outside. Everything gets basically heightened um, because now you kind of know. And like I always say, September, October, you're feeling out to see um, what the teams really are. And come November, December, and then January's playoffs, like you really know there's some really good teams. There's a lot of average teams, and then there's also a lot of bad teams. So, But on any given week, those bad teams could easily win. I mean, just for example, I know you know I'm a, I'm a Ravens nut. I, I could talk Ravens all day, and I probably, probably could coach them as well, but that's how I feel when I watch the games. But this past week, man, wow, what I saw, nobody has seen probably since the Ravens were a Raven, you know, since the Baltimore, even they even came here in 96, never seen a style of offense with creativity, playmakers, a lot of new wrinkles. I mean, we just haven't seen that the year we won 13 games and we got outed in the first round of the playoffs. We were just so dominant running the ball, it didn't matter what we did. It was, they stacked the box versus us, put 12 guys in the box, didn't matter. It was, we just ran the ball down their throat. But now... Well, you want to go over some of these games? 
Well, no, I'm just going to do a little Ravens breakdown early today because I'm, just, I'm, right, just, I'm just feeling right. it right now. I'm just feeling it. But now you're talking about a team that has personnel that they could put one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers on every play, and you don't know if it's going to be a run or a pass anymore. You can't stack the box versus this team. Moncton is finally in his groove. First-year coordinator, we've been going on for the last five weeks going, when is this new coordinator going to show us his talent and his creativity? And whether it was the injuries, whether it was just Lamar learning the new playbook, whatever it was, we didn't see it. And all of a sudden, the biggest game of the season, the game we needed to win, the game we needed to actually showcase what we can be once and if we consistently stay healthy, that you're going to have a team that is going to be prolific, passing game, running game, misdirection, hurry up. I mean, they, they put it all together of what I anticipated this team was going to be before the year started, all in one week versus a team that most handicappers and most announcers I saw were going to beat the Ravens. I saw, I mean, every, I mean, it's, it's even more reason why the Ravens won. Cause when, you know, when you go on, you look at, you know, the live broadcast and you see every announcer pick the lines, you know, they can't win. It's just like, you, I love when I see that. So, you know, turn and then you turn to the other side of the ball. Did you know the Ravens? And I know you're not a statistical guy. You're more of the against the spread, but statistically speaking, cause I know your son listens to this show. The Ravens are the only team in the NFL that have not given up 100 points against this season. Every other team has given up 100 points or more. Prior to Monday night, San Francisco had 87. That was the only other team, but they hadn't played yet this week. Um, And even with buys, teams have given up more than 100 points. So it just shows the caliber of defense we have, which is, the closest I've seen to the Super Bowl runs that we've had in 2013 and 2001. But this is the t- style of defense that I've been looking for for the last close to a decade. I mean, we won the Super Bowl 10 years ago. So we have a pass rusher on both sides. We picked up good veterans. We have the most sacks in the league. We have a healthy number one corner. We have a healthy Number one safety that both came back, Marcus Williams and and Humphreys, and then everybody else that played while they were hurt are now coming into their own, and we have talent in every single level. I am the only thing that I'm worried about this team outside of injuries that something you can't control, but it's Harbaugh and his coaching when it's a close game. He makes horrible decisions, and again, there's nothing I could do to justify saying, well, hopefully he doesn't do that next time. But you put him in a weird situation, he has made a mistake. So hopefully, I I pray that it doesn't happen if we're in a close game and he makes a bad coaching decision, because obviously last week it didn't matter. I mean, from the start to finish, um, you know, I was talking to uh, um, Ted in the office here, and he goes, I don't know about the Ravens. I said, just watch today. Today is the coming out part. It was a typical spot. The Sharps were on it. The reason why I was just so obsessed with the game, not that I put anything more on it, but 
a lot of people ask me for analytical data, and I told them situational handicapping says a team that is five and one, like the Lions, have played their A game five out of the six weeks. They beat a beat up Kansas City team. They they beat up on bad teams most of them, but their division is terrible. So that's that's what they're going to do all year anyway. But they played their A game. Now they got to travel one o'clock game to a place that's very hard to win. Yeah, we lost against the Colts at home. We had half our roster and terrible weather. This There was none of that factor going into this game. This was a letdown spot for the Lions. I thought the Lions should have been five and a half. So when we got them at three, that was a win, especially at a flat three. It was a reduced juice three, which is you don't see many of them. So it, just, it favored the Lions on every single side for people to bet the Lions to get that reduced three. So... Again, it is what it is. I'm happy that they got the job done. I'm excited, but now I'm worried we're going to Arizona this week, and it's a typical letdown spot because we play down there a competition. So I'm not touching that game with a 10-foot pole because I, I, I could see the Ravens winning by 40 or losing outright, and that's not how I want to put my money on the line, knowing that that is a huge variance that I just I don't know yet. It's too early to tell. Another couple of weeks of this, maybe I'll see that this is consistent winning. But until then, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, if they if we have the show next week and the, the Cardinals beat us outright because we played horrible, I wouldn't be that surprised, Eric, is what I'm saying. All right, well, let's go through these games. Let's talk about it. So let's look for the compelling matchups. Last week, let's talk about the Patriots. The Patriots get the job done at home against the Bills. I'm just looking at the marquee matchups. Now they travel to Miami, and they're getting almost that double-digit price of nine and a half. What do you think? So in this situation, outside of the price, um, I'd like – you're talking about the Thursday night game? No, ten twenty nine. Oh, you just said my. I thought we usually go down the slate. So this is a typical spot for Miami to get a get right game. We don't have a play on this game. I don't think the sharps are moving on this one, unless the line really jumps, and I could see them being on the dog. But from just a first look, and it's only Wednesday. This is a typical get right game overreaction on New England. Get right for Miami. They played very well with half a team against the Eagles. It was 17-17 at the end of the third quarter. So, and New England played their Super Bowl at home versus the Bills, who I don't even think are that good anyway. I think Mac Jones struggles. I could see this game getting out of hand. I don't really believe we're going to have a bet on this game, but if you're going to blindly ask me that I have to bet this game, I would go with Miami. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm looking at up, you know, high performers last week. Let's talk about Minnesota. They get the job done uh, uh, on Monday night. It's a short week for them, and they're laying one at Green Bay. <sighs> I mean, you you gotta you gotta think that Minnesota is in that division could easily run, make a run, and make the playoffs because the rest of the team outside of the Lions and what we saw last week, I don't know if we're going to see that out of the Lions every week, but the Green Bay sucks. Chicago's pretty bad. 
Minnesota could if they get some this this is a big game for them. This is a big, big game. They already typical letdown spot, but in this situation they play a division rival. They're not laying a lot on the road. Um you know, I don't again I don't have a play on this game, but if you're gonna blindly ask me on Wednesday, I'll go with Minnesota on this. I'll probably wait till I can get a pick 'em if I was betting them from a sharp standpoint, but yeah, I'd say Minnesota. Uh, let's talk about the Denver Broncos against the Chiefs. Chiefs open at nine, go down to eight, then drop to seven. Now it's seven and seven and a half, depending upon where you're looking. Denver is one of those teams that could sneakily get the job done. I mean, I don't see them winning the game outright, but. Getting a touchdown at home, Denver has been in some close games. It looks like they're just getting a little bit better each week compared to what we saw, you know, at at Miami when they got trampled by, gave up, what, 70 points. This is a division game. A lot of times when division games are a lot closer than everybody thinks, especially for a home dog like this, without even looking at any games, we don't have a play on this one as well. I like the home dog. Give me Denver at seven. How about those Eagles at Washington inter-rival, inter-beltway matchup for people that don't know the geography. You're only about an hour and 20 minutes from Philly to D.C. We're here. So it's, you know, you get a lot of traveling fans and uh, you're you're almost at that key number of seven, laying six and a half on the road over here in Landover, Maryland. And Philly looking like garbage the other day. Well, I wouldn't call them garbage. They got the job done, but um, they beat Miami. So that's that was a big, big game in itself where they had to show up after losing to the Jets the previous week. Um, but if you remember this matchup earlier in the year, it was a shootout where it went to overtime. So um, this is the type of game that, again, divisional games are a lot closer than people think. Getting a touchdown at home. It, you know, it's not there yet, but getting a, if I could get a touchdown at home, I could see our sharps add in this game. But right now, it's it's we're laying off altogether. But I would take Washington if I got a touchdown at home. So if it goes to seven, you might see him being added. But at this time, it's we're laying off. Let's talk about these totals. Remember, I said sixty three, sixty two point six percent of all games have gone under the total. So let's do something we normally don't do. Let's look at these totals. So you have the biggest total on the board is not even cracking 50. It's 47. So this is what I mean by the line makers are pulling numbers down because if you look at the board, you got a 47 with the Patriots, Dolphins. And then you have a 46 and a half with the Bears against the Chargers. I was, that was my play on Sunday, the Bears. Um, you got 46 and a half. And again, this is all early. And then you're basically stuck in the 40s, uh, 45 on Cincinnati. The low side on the low side, the lowest uh, total on the board currently is 39 and a half with the Browns in Seattle. So I have a feeling, like I said, I'm not saying anybody should do this. You're just not going to get much value betting the unders after the line makers are going to adjust and pull these numbers down. No, it's uh, right now. 
I'm not a big totals guy. I know you're a little bit more on that. I just right now our sharps are dialed into spreads, not really into totals. And and again, I know there's different people that could do different sides of this. I just have never been this season at all. I don't even look at them. I mean, again, because I'm not I'm not sitting there handicapping or picking or picking games of my own. But if if honestly haven't really looked at a total the entire year. It's almost better. It's less, less to think about. We've got enough going on to, to worry about every total. So I don't have an opinion. Rather not give an opinion if I don't have any true data be, you know, backing it. Well, let's talk about that Bears game. Bears get the job done the other day, and now they're getting eight and a half again against the Chargers. Remember, on the actual spread versus uh, the spread alone, there's a complete parity in the NFL, 51 and 49 to the favorites. The favorites have a two-game edge. So, again, you know, when you look at these teams laying over a touchdown Sunday night game, that'll be the everybody wants to bet it because it's the last game on the board game. You know, what do you, you know for me, my, my I, out of, just gut says always take the Bears, you know. Yeah, I just don't see the Chargers covering. I mean, they're they're such a bad defensive team, and they could score a lot of points. I mean, you saw they were keeping it close with Kansas City, and then Kansas City blew the doors off them. But I just I don't I don't see them covering nine and a half. But then then we're coming in with you know Tyson Badgett for the Bears. It looks like Justin Fields is out. Was it just a a bad performance by? the Vegas Raiders last week, and they're just so bad on the road that it doesn't even matter who the quarterback is for the Bears. But, or is it just a, you know, nobody has any tape on Badgett, and now they're going to game plan for this guy, and he's really not that good, and he's, you know, definitely not a decent replacement for Justin Fields to begin with. So, I just, again, I don't have an opinion on this game in terms of what we bet, but if I had to blindly bet it, Seems like the trend today because all the games you're giving out have not been selections from any of the sharps. Um, I would take uh, I would take the Bears to at least get the cover. That's a lot of points, and the Chargers can't hold a lead. I wouldn't even be comfortable with them with a 28 point lead. I could see them blowing it and getting a backdoor cover, getting almost you know two two uh, scores on there. So I would take them. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the uh, NBA championship odds. We got Boston plus 370 favored, Milwaukee Bucks plus 410, Denver plus 550, and the Suns plus 550. So you basically have four teams. Now, I say this saying, where's the value? There's none. You would have never bet on Texas to be in the World Series. You would have never bet on uh, Arizona to be in the World Series. So it goes to show you. I mean, you look at Arizona's record, it's like a couple games over 500. I think they're like 80 and 78, something stupid. So we can just cross off those four teams. Any 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 uh, dirty dogs you'd be looking for in value in the NBA futures? So I, I like the odds on the Celtics winning it all. I mean, you're going to – Well, that's not the, they're that the they're, uh, No, they're not. Plus 370. I'm looking right here, man. I'm in Fandle right now. I'm logged in. They're the favorite. And, and NBA Championship 2023-24. Boston, number one. Milwaukee, number two. Denver, number three. Suns, number four. So those four teams are the top four. Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, Phoenix. 
That's funny. It must have changed from yesterday. There's a couple movements there. They were third yesterday. Yep. I, if I look at a dark horse, I could see the Suns. What's the Suns right now? Uh, let me look. Probably five or six. Uh, let me look. Suns are, no, they're the fourteen plus 550. Top four, Boston, Milwaukee, Denver, Suns. We're looking for the dark horses like Arizona and, and, uh, does it just doesn't happen in the NBA like that though? It's, if you're going to get a dark horse, it's going to be somewhere in the four through seven slot. You're not going to find baseball is a team that, well, that would be, that would be, that would be the Lakers, the Warriors, the Cavs, and the Grizzlies. So that's that's out of those, I would say the Warriors have the best shot because I do think they made some additions. I think Chris Paul is definitely going to help them. I think he's uh, one of those guys that might even come off the bench and uh, and be a six man of the year. Um, you know, they they made some changes because they saw that Jordan Poole can't guard or produce on the road, and they needed some more firepower. So th- they could be a dark horse again. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think these the top powerhouses, unlike baseball, usually get there to the end. And it, it just comes down just like we thought last year. We, we knew that the Boston was going to be there close to the end. We knew that the Denver Nuggets would be there close to the end. We just didn't know how it was going to finish out. Memphis came in as a number one seed. They got ousted. Um, you're talking about the other side. The Bucks got ousted. So now they revamp. Now you're talking about the Bucks getting a true – 25 a game or more score in Damian Lillard. We have no idea how that's going to look, but if I think I know how it's going to look, it's going to be a big year for the Bucks. You saw Denver last night. They didn't lose a piece. The Suns added weapons. I mean, there's teams stacked all across the league. That's what makes, for me, it makes NBA fun. Some people would say, you know, these super teams, it's not fair and they're too good and they're just selling themselves out. I'm the opposite. I'm like, give me the best shot and make more of these super teams and let them battle each other out. So, you know, the Celtics also added a lot of pieces. They added Porzingis. They added Drew Holiday. They lost Marcus Smart. So, you know, I think they're going to be a lot better. And what I saw last night out of the Suns is I, I'm calling them. I know they're a top three team. Call it whatever you want to call it. But if I think the Suns, if they are healthy, they are going to win it all. They added a key piece that's not Bradley Beal, that didn't even play last night. A key defensive piece. They got rid of DeAndre Ayton, which was honestly, he after his rookie year, he regressed. And they added Yukov Nursich who is a much better defensive player, a much better player for their style of just being that brutal defensive force as well as a guy that could facilitate the ball and score. So you saw a little bit of it last night. Again, it's a one-game sample. doesn't really matter. But when they get Bradley Beal back, Durant, Booker, all their other pieces, and Nurkic, I mean, they're going to be a force. Well, you know who the most profitable team was in the NBA last year? 
I know I, when it, he was talking about at home, but I mean overall, the most probable team in the NBA, huh? The was Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. They were fifty three and thirty eight. So they were they had the best record against the spread uh, in all of it, whether they were home or whether they were away. Um, believe it, Denver actually was fifty six and forty five. They were fifty five percent. So remember, for guys that are listening to this, you know NBA is a grind like baseball. And most of the teams don't even make the 50% cut against the spread. So let's just break this down. Last year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 teams weren't even 50%. Uh, Utah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Basically, nine teams were worth betting on last year, and the rest were trash. And the nine were Utah, Philadelphia, Oklahoma City, Orlando. Believe it or not, Orlando, um, even though they had a horrible winning record, they got the job done because they were always big dog prices, dirty dogs. Uh, Knicks, Sacramento, Denver, Boston, and Milwaukee. Now, what's interesting is Dallas was – the, the worst team, the worst two teams against the spread, uh, Costi last year were Dallas. They were 30 and 49. And the Spurs mm-hmm. were 33 and 49. And then the third worst team was the Rockets, which was 33 and 45. So the three Texas NBA teams were just a trifecta of a fade last year. <laughs> Any team in Texas was trash. You could just fade them. And, they were, I mean, these, they were hitting 30%, 34, 35% against the spread. So it'll be interesting to see how these lines adjust because usually you get the opposite of the, the following year. The teams that perform badly, the line makers readjust. The teams that perform really good at the top, like the Jazz in Philadelphia and Oak City, they go the other way. But in the end of the day, this is a dog-based sport. Regarding my 80-20 system, because we got four minutes left where I had Nevada, where the show is playing live right now in Las Vegas, uh, outright on the money line, plus 340 on Saturday, winning 6 nothing. This is where you get a lot. This is, and you, you, you know this. Uh, this is where newbies are shocked at 10-point dogs winning outright in the NBA. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. It is not like football where it's like a big deal or upset when a 10-point dog wins outright and everybody's going, can you believe that? Can you believe that? This happens all the time. So this is a really good spot to be looking for dogs on the money line, which is what I do, especially with this in college basketball because you have the volume. Because, again, you know, we all know that a lead is never safe in the NBA. No matter what you say, you could be up 20 at halftime and wake up and you lose the game by 10 outright. No, oh, yeah, it's, it's impossible to hold a lead in the NBA. That's why when I, you know, we had the the Nuggets yesterday, they were up twenty. And I was like, that does it, it like doesn't even get me moving. I'm like, all right, they're right. gonna and they were up five at one point in the second exactly. half. So exactly, well, because it, it's different than college for the for the reason of well, the starters sit. So the starters. Let sit me tell you a lot. And one thing regarding totals in the NBA, which I do. When I got into this business 35 years ago, a high total was 160. So if you look at, the, just to give you a rundown of the totals tonight, 236, 235, 
223, 220, 221, 226, 233, 233. There's no defense, man. So a league can't be safe because you can agree. You, can you agree that the teams that cover, if they're a favorite, it's just they more of their shots went in? You, can you right. agree that there's right. no defense in the NBA? Different style of game, man. I, Come I on, think bro. You're talking defense. about totals that are 240. I was I got in the business. It was 160. Oh, the total has almost gone up 100 points. They try. I just think there's they don't score. They don't try. Come on, man. They don't try. You really? Do you watch these games? I do. It's a shooter. It's a shoot around. Whoever, if a team's on a drought, it's because they made nine shots and they hit the rim. It's not because. The defense was so great for the other team. It's just that shooter's cold. I mean, isn't, in essence, that's what you're betting on in the NBA? The guy's high. Every shot goes in. unders that hit. They still figure it out how to hit the under. I don't know. Uh, Like I said, that's been one of the biggest things for me that I just cannot imagine. Every year, the base total gets higher and higher and higher. I mean, the lowest total on the board tonight is 220. That's the smallest total on the board tonight is 220. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But, again, it's something that should be noted. Um, and, again, I'm not saying they don't make an efficient number. Yesterday it was 229 on the Nuggets game, and it landed on, uh, what was it, 119 and 107? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 226. So it went under by three points. So you had action all the way literally the last couple of free throws. So I'm not saying the line makers aren't sufficient. Um, both games actually did go under yesterday, 104-108, and the total was 235. But I, 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 I say it is very interesting to me that these teams don't really play defense anymore. It's kind of a joke. With that being said, we're going to get ready for the World Series. Who do you like at the World Series before the music comes on? Well, if I said anything except the Rangers, that I would have a couple people upset at me. That you know, so well, you know uh, I me. Mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm. I'll just take the dog. Whatever the dog is in that game that night is how I'm playing it. Dog. Well, you know, I was talking land. to somebody yesterday. I had a media obligation yesterday, and I was talking to him, and he goes, "I don't know who to pick tonight." I said, "If you pick any game tonight, you know it's a coin flip." He goes, "Yup." Said, "Take the dog." That's it. Take, the dog, take the dog. Mark to the bank. We'll be back next week. Good day and good luck.